Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Garage with me, Ollie Parsons. Thank you to those of you who checked out episode one of the podcast with Zephyr and who listened to the first guest mix with Calcifer. Now you may have heard we've got our first ever event coming up soon in Liverpool. That'll be over at Lost Lounge. Check out the Instagram at Into the Garage UK to stay up to date with that, including the lineup reveal this week. For now though, let's get started with episode two. Okay, so welcome back everyone to episode two of Into the Garage. I'm joined today by Sol Lecter, UK Garage DJ, uh, producer, and is is everything you need to know about UK Garage. So Lecter, Duncan, nice to see you. How are you? How you doing, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you very much for, uh, for coming on. All good, no, my pleasure. Um, I wanted to kick things off from the start really is what yeah. I ask everyone um where did it start for you in terms of uh, music garage music okay so uh it started for me in 2000 um I was 10 years old uh at school and my friend uh came into school and he had a cd in his pocket in his blazer pocket and that cd was pure garage 2 mixed by DJ EZ um at that time I didn't really like music I wasn't really into it like I kind of had a couple of CDs, I had like the Star Wars soundtrack and like a Queen album, right? I was a bit of a nerd when I was that age. Um, wasn't into music at all or whatever. And then he gave me, he showed me this Pure Garage CD. Um, I heard a track on there, well, I had, a, I had a few tracks on there, but there was like three or four tracks I heard from one of the discs and I was just blown away. Like, I was like, what the, what the, what the, what the hell is this music? Like, this is so, this is the first, first music I'd ever heard that had ever resonated with me. Um, so then I got myself a copy of Pure Garage 2 and I just listened to that relentlessly. Um, and then I got, and then obviously there were more in the series that came out three and four and yeah, I just got into Garage from then. And then sort of, as I got into my teens, I started, I started driving when I was like 18, 19 and I started playing. I just used to have a CD player in my car and a little sound system and I, 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 I fit a sub in the boot and I just used to listen to Garage in my car, like all these old school Garage CDs. And this, this time was about 2009. So Garage had kind of gone out of the mainstream. It had been sort of, it become old school already by then. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was just so into it and um yeah so that's kind of like my history with Garage and then I started producing it I've always like dabbled in producing it I started producing when I was like sort of did dabbled in production when I was like 15 16 and then as I got into my early 20s I sort of dabbled in it but because there was no there was like no one making it like and this was about 2011 12 um no one was making it. Well, actually, no, say it, there were Disclosure were making it. There were a few. Mosca had backs. So at the time, there were people doing it. But there wasn't really, like, the scene isn't where it is now. And and as and then sort of Future Garage and post-dubstep, all that thing kind of fizzled out. And then it was sort of Deep House became the big thing. And I kind of was making more house stuff for a few years. And it got to 2015. Um, and I started making Garage again. And because I really enjoyed it. I was like, Do you know, what? I actually really enjoy making this kind of music. And again, at that time, there wasn't a scene or any, you know, there was a few artists that were about, Smokey Bubble and B was around at that time, Mind of a Dragon was around at that time. Um, and like, in terms of people making new music, um, who, who was still about, I mean, really only Smokey's the only one who's mm-hmm. making Garage, like who was around at that time. And Four as well, actually saying that Four were making, they put out some, they were, they were the only ones doing vocal Garage at the time. So yeah, um, it's been a bit of, how to say, it's just been like, 
to see it grow from where it has been it's like yeah it's literally been so out of the limelight for so many years and then to see in the last like three years really it becoming more popular especially with the younger audience that's kind of like always been what's been important because it's just it has really been a pleasure of like people in their like late 30s to 40s really like um when people in my like i'm i'm in my early 30s so my friends all like old school garage but when you, when you say new garage to them they're like what's that you know mm-hmm. people don't really i don't know but it seems like it's kind of being picked up by a new generation and that's kind of where the, that's where it should really go really that's kind of that's always been like the dream really so yeah it's good to see yeah so you say you sort of dabbled in production when you were yeah yeah a, a little bit when you were sort of 14 15 we yeah did you dj first or was it yeah. straight into production no it was dj i, I i'm i'm first and foremost a dj like that's mm-hmm. always been my like passion um and i started production getting into production seriously uh because i was like well all the big djs are all putting out tunes how can i especially with the death of vinyl and the death of oh not in the, but like the the fact that you can get mp3 so easily now everyone can become a dj obviously like decks have become like controllers and like sync buttons it's actually quite easy just to pick up a pair of decks now and like within a month you can put a mix together and stuff whereas so how do you stand out really and and i kind of even when I was 15, 16, it was sort of like, I knew that production was the way forward of doing that. And uh, yeah, and I can I can actually testament that it is production that gets you the DJ sets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a fact, <laughs> Unless you have a lucky break some other how, like you have a, vi- a video that go, you do like, you get, a, you know, like if you get a, like a, a boiler room slot and you get a viral video from that or something, or so, you, you know, one of your DJ sets, you, you play a DJ set and, it, and a video of it goes viral, which, which is so, rare really to be honest i think i think a more safer route is to just just put the hours in in production to be honest yeah when when did thing when did sort of the booking start coming through for you so talk about this hard work and everything everything that you put in yeah when, when did things start to pay off okay so i mean i got i put out a bootleg in 20 so the first thing I actually put out, the first stuff I was putting out was free downloads on SoundCloud bootlegs. Mm-hmm. I did a bootleg of, I was doing like, at the time, again, it's, 2016 was such a like a memorable year for me because it was like, there wasn't a lot of garage, there was a lot of baseline, a lot of really dark stuff, a lot of gritty stuff, nothing that, there wasn't really any garage. And I was doing like this kind of musical stuff and I was trying to combine, I guess like sort of EDM with two-step. That was kind of where I was at creatively. So I made a bootleg of, um, you and I, Galantis, like a two-step <laughs> bootleg of that, and like you, like. But actually, it kind of worked well. Like it dropped when it dropped. It went into like like M1 organs. It kind of was like mm-hmm. a blend of old school garage and EDM. So I put that bootleg out and a couple of other bits. And then like a few months later, I got an email from a promoter called the For Love of Garage, and they still do. I did one for them actually in August with Jemmy and like Wookie and um, Sticky. So it was like a mix of old. They kind of at that time were the only guys doing any any new garage shows where they would get like two or three old school acts and like two or three new school acts like they had like mooney and like tough culture do some of their shows back in 2017 um and uh yeah they reached out to me i did a show for them in brighton with like scott garcia no faking djs mooney like um so that was the first i think that was the first selector booking um and i would I, i literally did like the second hour played a lot of my own stuff at the time and and then everyone who came on after me was just playing bassline even 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 scott at the time was playing more bassline stuff because that was what everyone was playing there was no garage at the time so that was the first booking then i got a few like 
other bits and bobs. 2019 was okay. I did a, a festival in Spain called Rave Art, which was like a break. Mm-hmm. I was putting out a lot of two-step uh, in like late 2018, early 2019. And funnily enough, in Spain, especially like around the Seville area, they love two-step. It's like just randomly. They, they love breakbeat. Breakbeat's their big scene in Spain, but they also love two-step. So they booked me out to do this festival. It was my first international festival. Um, I was on before Conductor, actually. He was out there. So I met him for the first time. Um, and this was just when Key, when he'd started Kiwi. So it was literally at the very beginning of like the new garage renaissance, I guess mm-hmm. if you could call it that. Um, and yeah, I did a festival out there and that was a really good experience, obviously just flying abroad and playing garage somewhere that wasn't UK. Um, that year I also did Ministry of Sound. I did like the baby box there. But again, like, honestly, man, so many of the, even pre, pre-COVID, like 90% of the nights I was doing, I didn't do loads. I did a few, you know, as I say, bits and bobs here and there. It was all, I was mostly on old school nights. Like, so I was like the new school guy being put on an old school lineup. So you go there no real you know everyone was kind of like in the late late 30s early 40s and like i would play new new i would only try and really play new music and it just kind of i guess it didn't really connect with them because those people going out to a lot of old school nights are just there for nostalgia like if i'm just mm-hmm. honest with you they just go out there they just want to hear the hits and i get that that's cool but like i was always about pushing putting new music out that was always where i was where my head was at why what's the point of making all this music if people don't want to come and listen to it when i go out and play you know and i think a lot of even to this day, like old school, old school garage produ- uh, promoters are actually really trying. And you will see, I, 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 I can almost put my, put my, put, put, like guarantee you that next year you're going to see old school, some of these old school names, ooh, um, that. Some, <laughs> some of these old school names, um, uh, putting on more new acts and trying to blend the two. But the problem is, is that if you get too many of people who are going, they hear that they hear the word garage and they mm-hmm. think, Oh yeah, I'm going to go and hear flowers or body group. Yeah. And, stuff. and then you've got like, me and Jemmy on the lineup and play like new school four four pounders. Like people just get confused. Like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, can you play? Some-? They don't. They haven't actually said this, but in their heads, like, so I'm sure some like this isn't garage. This isn't yeah, garage. Yeah. Where's 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 flowers? You know, whatever. <laughs> like, so I think there's this kind of crossover, and I get caught up because because I've been doing it for so long. I think a lot of the old school promoters do. Um, you know, that they're aware of me and they try and get me involved. And I do, and and I've still got a couple actually, you know, where they've got sort of a mixture of old and new. And I just go there and I, I, I play a few, some bootlegs and some of my stuff and I just hope that it goes well and people aren't just going there just for old school you know yeah. people are going there with an open mind they're not just thinking the problem with the word garage is that it's just a, especially for the older generation they just associate it with that time period mm-hmm. so it's what it is really about is the new generation redefining it and like take sort of we, we've got to like move it forward basically so i know i'm waffling on but um when it comes to shows it's definitely been a sea change since after the pandemic so after covid it was like i had some of my best shows i've done like oh i did yeah just yeah i was doing like every like almost three or two or three a month which was way more than i was doing yeah. pre-pandemic and did um i got a last minute slot at we are festival so i was the mm-hmm. only new garage act like who only does new garage at we are festival who's yeah. probably ever done we are um and that was literally yeah i literally got asked to book like got last minute book for that two days before so i went in and just yeah played new garage and it actually went down all right i was on a drum and bass stage came on after turno who was yeah. playing jump up you know and i'm coming <laughs> on like, oh my god i'm going to this thing like i've just been booked for this two days ago and i'm playing new garage and <laughs> a new garage is still it's niche like people mm-hmm. your average festival goer does not have still is not that aware of 
new garage. So I went in there. Actually, actually, actually went went all right. You know, there was a crowd, and I played I played my own tunes. I played tunes from other producers, and yeah, it was a good experience. And I've done um done ministry, done done e uh, obviously e one last mm -hmm. Friday. I did Steelyard. I did a, that was a trance. My, my best mate's a trance producer, and he got me on mm -hmm. his his uh his trance night for his album launch. And it was like all trance, all like progressive house slash trance DJs and me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I am being set up to fail here. I literally, but turns out I did my set and I played a lot of like 4-4 garage and like, yeah, a lot of, just a lot of, didn't really, did a bit, bit of two-step, but because it was a more, you know, that kind of crowd, I went for more of the sort of 4-4 sound. And um, it was actually one of my favorite sets, to be honest with mm -hmm. you. Like I, the, the set I played there has gone down better with his trance crowd who like they're all into like Anjuna Beats and Anjuna Deep and all mm -hmm. you know more trancey stuff um then it has them with old school crowds so which is the weirdest thing you know yeah. I played old school shows played new music and, and I've, I've, I've dropped things at old school events I've, I've dropped Virgie Quarantine Done and mm -hmm. people have just not stood there but they've like <laughs> they've looked at me weirdly at a gap at a gap this is what I'm saying how there's this divide like with certain crowds like you play the biggest Virgie record or the biggest garage record at the minute some MPH or whatever's whatever's about a conductor record and people are just like this is a garage you know so mm -hmm. When it comes to shows, yeah, it's just been a real broad church. But um, yeah, it's been, I'll tell you what, since the end of July, oh, so yeah, since restrictions ended, yeah, it's been probably the best four months for shows that I've ever had for Selector, for sure. Yeah, so moving on, um, yeah. I want to ask a bit about Garage Shared. Yeah. Tell us all, all about Garage Shared, really. Yeah, so basically, um, again, at this time, so as I, I always talk back to 2016 sort of time period when there was no one doing Garage, um, the only, as I say, one of the only other acts that were doing anything remotely similar to what I was doing was Four. Um, mm. And they were doing, they, yeah, they were, so they were doing Vocal Garage. They dropped a track called Three Words in 2017 and, um, yeah, really big, really big Vocal Garage record. And uh, um, they basically reached out to me and sort of, wanted to you know or they, they they got they got offered to mix uh pure garage so pure garage got a reboot in 2017 and they they were the ones that got they, they got asked to mix it and they used the remix that i'd done um of a house record called true colors by sammy porter and uh i'd done that just sort of on a random one and they, they picked up on it and they put it on the compilation so that got me really excited and fired up um and i thought okay there's a new pure garage maybe there's going to be like a new garage scene coming back and and basically gab from four was you know we were speaking on the phone and he said that they were starting out a, uh, a record label and um and if i wanted to get involved as one of the main artists and as i said at the time there was no one else doing vocal garage there was no platforms like i did some work with carl tough enough brown um obviously he's a legend you know part of tough jam and they uh they were essentially pioneered garage like almost arguably sort of they were the ones that brought the sound to the uk and so they literally yeah, literally pioneered it um but like he, he sort of he's a great guy, but like his, the platform was sort of he was putting things out on Bandcamp and stuff, and I, I wanted I wanted to work with someone who was more sort of using social media, you know, who who people who were more were good at using social media basically. So teamed up with Gav, um, and yeah, that was it really. We just started putting out records with them and seeing what happened. And as mm -hmm. I say, there weren't really any other labels at the time, so we were kind of starting something new. Um, and I've, I've been with them ever since really just working with them and I've di I dip in and out with other labels as well. Like mm -hmm. I've got something coming up, um, on Nouvelle for EZ. I had a collaboration with drinks on me on Nightbase. So, um, 
a dip in and out, but they're like my home base. You know, that's yeah. where we kind of like where I where I started. And again, this was we started that in 2018. So it was before people cared about garage. We we were, we were putting out music when no one, when people still didn't care about garage for at least a year and a half sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but now that it's becoming more popular, um, obviously we added tough culture onto the roster. Like um, when was it? Twenty must have been twenty end of 2019 early 2020 and i think we had tough culture on but obviously we've had people coming in out we've had we recently had a jemmy release and mm-hmm. um other there's you know other producers as well that have gone i know zephyr's put out a couple a few like a year ago a couple of years ago and so we've had people coming in and out and yeah so that's kind of the story with garage shed is that at the time there was just um there was nothing it was just there was nothing for it so we had to create something out of nothing basically yeah so if if they're sending you a truck for example yeah how, how do you know what's a good track? Um, for me, there's really... Okay, for me, drum. I'm a drummer. Drums are really important. So mm-hmm. choice of drums for garage. If you like the drums can't, they can't sound too bass house or too ba- bass line. They've got to sound like garage drums. So yeah. they've got to have the swung hi-hats, swung snares, and kick drum as well. It needs to be garagey, sort of punchy, but not too thuddy. Uh, balance so drums is one thing i judge a track on for sure mm-hmm. um obviously sound design I, I i'm really i'm really put off by really digital sounding stuff like if someone's gone into like serum or silent or massive and just picked a um like default sound and use that as their bass sound or you know like they haven't i like to i like to hear it's yeah i think having unique like it has to you can make modern garage but still have modern sounds but still keep the essence of the old school mm-hmm. so i think that's really important so if someone sends me a track that's really digital sounding I, i'll just i just if within i'll just check bin it within you know 20 seconds 10 seconds if i just don't if it doesn't have the essence of garage within that yeah. then there's no point i just don't think there's no i just i just it doesn't it's not I'm, i don't it doesn't resonate with me um and then the last thing is obviously a good mix down as well like mm-hmm. i think uh, if i'm sent a demo ideally like even a self-master i want to i want to be able to road test that ideally so again picking a good kick drum keep the, the low end, getting good low end i think getting the low end right is important um yeah so that, that would be the, the core ingredients for a demo i think uh, to, if you wanted to release it or put it out or get played in shows i think those are the four things that and i'm sure other, other garage producers would agree with me on those points as well but yeah Okay, so uh, moving on from yep. Garage Shared, uh, yep. I'd like to talk to you about your collaborative album, yep. Soul Lecter and Friends. Obviously, yep. massive release for you. Yep. Um, when when did this start coming about? How long ago was that? So it came about. Uh, it's all oh, really. It's all thanks to to the lockdowns, really. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, like I'd, yeah, I just, I guess, because I've I've like flirted with. Um, vocal garage and underground garage and stuff that's kind of I've been treading the line and you can do that with garage like if I was just a drum and bass producer or like a tech house producer probably be doing more just underground stuff only but because I've been able to work with both um, like when the lockdown happened I just released an EP with like mostly club stuff and then like oh I just yeah in, in the end of middle of April that came out and obviously we're in lockdown so um, Gav from Garage Shared was like, you know, obviously people are doing, you know, sitting at home. A lot of artists aren't out DJing anymore. So why don't you, um, uh, why don't you reach out to some people and, and do like a collaboration album? And I thought, do you know what? Okay. And I, I, I did with the lockdowns and stuff. I did foresee it taking a long, you know, until vaccines. I didn't think things would be getting back to normal until, you know, when they did, which was like, well, spring, summer last this year. 
So um, yeah, I sat down. I reached out to like some of my favorite producers and um, and singers as well, and and MCs. I mean, I got Dread MC on as well, mm-hmm. which is a, I think one of the first garage tracks he's ever been on. Um, and uh, and and yeah, and just what I would do is I I'd, yeah reached out to them, said, "Do you want to do a club? I'm doing an album," and and almost everybody said yes. Like I'm I'm up for it. I think actually everybody that I asked said yes. And uh, I would then, I wouldn't then I'd sit on Ableton and just draw up a sketch that I felt would work for that particular artist, like mm-hmm. um, send it over to them and then maybe a couple back and forth or one back and forth. And, and then that was it. And then it turned out I had like 20 tracks or so when I was picking the track list for the album. And for this particular album, I went for more of a, I guess, more commercial, more vocal because we were still in the lockdown and stuff. I didn't want to release loads of clubby stuff. Yeah. I mean, that album came out in May and we were still, clubs still were sort of sit downs and stuff. So I mm-hmm. wanted to get like creatively let out all my vocal stuff um, within that album. And then the other tracks that I had that didn't make the cut, I've got plans for them still. Um, you know, there's more collabs in there, um, yeah. but I'm just, there are plans for them for next year for sure. It's just, I wanted to wait until clubs were open before putting out more of the stuff mm-hmm. that I've got with the producers that is more, you know, clubby. I wanted to yeah. wait and be certain, really get winter out of the way, I guess, until putting that stuff out. So yeah, that, there's going to be some more coming soon for sure. It's, is it difficult working with that many people sort of at the same time? Um, I, I tell you what, the, the it's not difficult, but it's there's so many different sounds. I think yeah. like like when you're working with like such a broad range of artists. So on that album, you know, I've got. Uh, you know, I've got a track. Well, I've got a track with Shosh and and Neat, which is again, you know, Shosh has got sort of her sort of upfront, almost sort of baseline infused sound, and then I've got a track with say, like Prozac, which was mm-hmm. a bit more sort of bouncy and an upbeat, less vocal. Um, and but even so, I managed to make sure, and, and obviously, like even a track with Tough Culture, which was sort of like more dark and underground sort of thing. But that one, because it sort of that's a really upfront track. I, I felt that it it fit well with even the vocal stuff, you know, and I've got a track with Leander Weese, who is mm-hmm. like, she's got a huge sort of online following, especially with the older, older, older generation. Like, and everybody in the old school garage, like knows who Leander Weese and like, they love her. That's really her target market um, sort of thing from what I'm, what I can see anyway, from the show that she's doing it and the stuff and the love that she's getting. And, um, and then, yeah, and obviously and having, having more sort of new school producers like Tough Culture and Prozac. So it's, I think the hardest thing is just when you have all these different artists from different, who appeal to different audiences, it's putting it into one prod, prod, uh, project that flows well and doesn't sound like, it, it, it's all got to sound together, like mm-hmm. it all fits in. So I think because I was in control, obviously I had, I, I had most of the stems and the mixes and stuff. I was able to sonically blend it all in. So I would say it wasn't, it wasn't a challenge, but it, it just like, it was fun, but it was, it was, it was definitely, it's not the easiest thing to be able to do is to blend all those different sounds and sonics. Did you have a favorite person maybe? <laughs> um, favorite to work with. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me have a look at the track list. <laughs> hold on. Uh, favorite to work with. Um, do you know what? I think creatively my favorite person out of all of those was probably Lee Walker. Um, mm-hmm. well, I track good for you. Like, That's a great track, yeah. Yeah, like with him, like we actually have a really good dynamic. We've got some more stuff in the works as well. Um, but he'd send me over something and he's quite good with his chords. Like, music, he's, he's got good musicality and I just took it and I just take his, he'd send me like, you know, a full track and I would just mm-hmm. take it and, and sort of turn it into a slammer, you know, add a big kick drum and like 808 basses and stuff, like big pounding basses and stuff. And so I think I enjoyed 
Lee the most, just on a creative level, like he just, the stuff that he'd send through and then I come back, it was just like, it was like bang, you know, we did three, we did three in the space of like two weeks kind of thing. Like, um, so yeah. And then other than that, I mean, all the singers are all really, you know, Emma Cannon was great to work with Dread, Lan Louise, that, I mean, they're all, you know, I literally send them the instrumentals and they would, um, uh, you know, within, within, a, within a week, couple of weeks or month, they'd send back um, the stems. And then that was it really, you know, I would go and mix it down and it was that, that straightforward. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's kind of, and then again, I lo- listen, I love working with everybody on the thing, but I guess the, the, the easiest one creatively for me was the Lee Walker ones. That was when it was like, wow, bang, bang, bang. We've just smashed out, you know, these records and it's, you know, it was, there was good energy there, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, so that almost wraps things up um, yeah. for episode two. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, sure. uh, what should we listen to over the coming weeks? Mixes, any tracks that you'd recommend? Um, ooh, do you know what? I don't actually know. Well, I don't, okay, so some stuff coming out. I mean, the producers that I'm liking at the minute are, um, well, I've been chatting to, like, there's um, a track um, by India Indialman. Uh, I don't even know how you say it, actually. I saw them. They were there. One of the guys was there on Friday. Indial Man. Mm-hmm. um like they, they've got there's a really wicked track i've been playing um that i think is going to do bits um obviously stuff from like i mean like from jemmy and drinks and tough culture tough culture's got um some stuff he's been previewing some stuff on his uh socials uh, i think yesterday um again yeah and i like obviously uh stuff from all the usual like you know i'm loving everything that mph puts out opera dan's putting out uh, you know higo virgie i think in particular like i would just say follow all, all the people that are already kind of doing things um and in terms of new producers yeah i mean uh kai, kai sui's got a guy who's got a really i like his sound as well um I'm just trying to get off the top of my head anyone else um deja on garage share deja's one to watch mm-hmm. he's 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 pretty sick um and uh yeah i'm just trying to think off the top of my head if there's i'm sure there's others as well but like for now i, I think that like the guys who are getting established are going to just keep putting out some really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's what I tell. I just say if you're keeping an eye, just just follow anyone listening. Just make sure you're following like Garage Shared, Kiwi, Steppers Club. Mm. Um, if you're into the more underground stuff, like Instincts, a good label, and like Time Is Now. So yeah, I, I think uh, out of them, uh, um, uh, Strictly House and Garage and Strictly Flavor as well put out some good stuff. So. I just say follow those labels and 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 all the stuff that's coming out on that you know that that's where all the all the juicy stuff is really to be honest and uh, yeah that's it really nice one and then finally is there anything to look out for from you maybe um yeah there is actually so i've got so okay so on the friday the 19th i've got a track called stargazer which is coming out on ez's new volve um i've actually been meaning to get something out with them for ages but because the album just about timings and stuff um and yes yeah, so i've got that coming out new Volve, uh and then got i've got remixes coming i've got so i'm doing selector and friends uh the remixes so we've got basically we've got one ep coming out um in december um the next remix coming out is a tough culture remix of my track with lee walker um and then some other bits as well uh coming out on that ep and then in, in early next year as well there'll be a part two to that um, I'm not going to say who's going to be on part two yet, but we've got we've got some wicked remixes for that as well. So kind of just doing doing a remix the remixes for for Selector and Friends, and then I've got 
another big project, another big collaboration project coming out in the spring next year as well. And then hopefully some like EPs and singles and stuff. But again, we're just, I'm just sort of getting all the, writing some of, some of the new music at the minute, really, to be honest, and, and getting it all together and working out where it all fits. And, you know, it's quite important to obviously make sure that everything fits at the right place and you give everything time to breathe. So, but yeah, I basically just got a, a lot of new music coming. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully everyone listening, I hope you guys all enjoy it when it all drops. Yeah, 100%. And make sure you uh, stay tuned for everyone. Um, so Lecter, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, Ollie. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on episode two of Into the Garage. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes coming soon, more guest mixes, and also stay tuned on the Instagram for our first event at Into the Garage UK on all your social media channels. Cheers and see you next time.